T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dan Weederer, on-air contributor for 670 The Score. You're going to be relying on a lot of young players, guys that have to materialize into who they thought they were. The Bears are who we thought they were. When either they drafted them or guys that they believe in that were already here, that's guys like Justin Fields. Bears beat reporter and enterprise writer for the Chicago Tribune. Matt has pounded it home from the day he took the job with the HITS principle and the acronym there and just saying repeatedly, we are going to be an effort-based football team. Dan Weederer. Get your track shoes on. With Bernstein and Holmes on 670 The Score. Dan Weiderer is brought to you by Horizon Therapeutics, a global biotech company going to incredible lengths. He joins us on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan, I I, I kind of felt the end of the beginning there. This is the for me the, the the thematic statement from yesterday. That second quarter, that third quarter was the end of the Bears season as far as I'm concerned, and it's time to shut this thing down, figure out what matters, figure out what's important, and get back at it when it's time for, for rookie minicamp post-draft. So, first of all, Happy New Year to you guys. Yeah. I hope you had a, a good weekend. Um, I, I, I'm with you like 80% of the way. My three-word review on yesterday's game was cancel week 18. Yeah. For the same reasons that you just kind yeah. of mentioned. I just don't like – this team is who it is, and, and we're just kind of stuck, and I, I don't even think the Vikings would – uh, reject the offer to not come to Chicago and, and, and play this game this coming weekend. That said, I do think that you still want to try to squeeze out um, whatever you can developmentally from a handful of key players. And you want to see how your players respond to a butt kicking as pronounced as yesterday's was. We were talking last night and, and one of the conversation points was, can Matt Eberflus afford to have another embarrassing showing like that in week 18? And if the Bears do come out and get blown out again, no matter who the Vikings play, is that a troubling sign? Is that something that we need to, to, to be concerned with just because this team sort of sold itself as being something that here at the, the stretch run, it's not. When you say can't afford, do you mean fire him? No, 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 no. I, I just mean in terms of the erosion of belief in, you know, it goes back to what we talked about in the, the summer of what does the hits principle mean if it requires talent across the board to to function at any sort of level that that keeps you competitive with 500 teams in the, in the nfl right I, I, you know and i i get it they're hurt they're banged up things of that nature and they're bad yes and really, really and really really bad. Really, yeah. really really bad across the board so I, i've got about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter of my offensive rewatch here and it's almost more troubling today than it was yesterday in some respects because of 
uh, just some signs of regression from the quarterback. And you don't want to see that at this stage of the season. Maybe it was a one-off and maybe it wasn't. And so we just have to keep our eyes on that because there are things uh, from a, a quarterbacking one-on-one standpoint that are just not rock solid in this performance yesterday. And the Bears better hope it's a one-off. When it comes to uh, the, the word that is often whispered but never spoken aloud when we're talking to coaches, quit. How did Matt Eberflus handle when you guys were talking about the level of effort his team didn't give yesterday? Yeah, he said it didn't sit well. It, you know, and it shouldn't have sit well. It, it shouldn't have sat well with anybody that that experienced that, whether that's a player or a coach or anyone who had to be on their couch watching that. You look at DeAndre Swift's two touchdowns yesterday, Lawrence, and they didn't lay a finger on him. And it, it, that's just inexcusable uh, for a running back to just have almost no hindrance on his way into the end zone twice, once with a run, once with a, a little screen that pass. third and 18 also, that, that one that, as well. That right? one, like, that, that's, you circle that one and you say, I don't, I don't care if you're never going to play in the NFL again. You, you can do better than that. And, and Dan, that's, that's the first series of the third quarter, right? At that point, you're, you're not out of that game. If you've got some fighting spirit in you, I know you're down 14 points, but if you've got some fighting spirit in you and you've got your opponent backed up into third and 18 inside their own 20, you get a stop and you get the ball and you go down and make that a football game. And instead they let one get out of the gates for 35. And on the very next play, they let another one get out the gates for 40. And now you're down 31 points. And then to go along with that, now you have all of every single one of your possessions in the second half came with you down by 21 points or more. And you managed 42 passing yards. I mean, that is the the quintessential setup to get garbage passing yards. Your passing attack gets, you know, 20 here, 15 there, 17 here. And by the end of the day, you've got a bunch of padded stats that don't mean anything. The Bears couldn't even get that yesterday because of how broken they were across the board. It was equal opportunity failure. The offensive line didn't play well. The receivers didn't help out. And Justin had a, a, a terrible game. And, and if they're not willing to acknowledge that, I can't help you at this point, right? Like there are things that the quarterback is accountable for. And Justin, to his credit, understands he's accountable for. The one thing that's impressed me about Justin Fields uh, this season is that he handles criticism of Justin Fields a thousand times better than a lot of Bears fans handle criticism of Justin Fields. And it's mature and it's grounded and it's an understanding that he's a big boy who knows what this job is, knows what the responsibilities are, knows what the pressures are, knows what the spotlight is. And he's going to grind to get it right but he also understands that there are things that, that he has to improve on and, and the rest of the world better understand that as well, because he has not reached uh, a state of arrival that this city, I think, proclaimed widely prematurely. You're closer to it than we are. Why hasn't Chase Claypool popped? Well, he was hurt for a little while. Uh, he arrived in November and you're fighting uphill with those two things right away. Then you get back yesterday, and I don't think he was even in for 40% of the snaps yesterday, and there's just not timing and, and chemistry there. Well, now, you, Lawrence, you've got another, another guy, a, a, a guy you invested a lot in to bring here who isn't producing and then has a little bit of a, a sideline outburst yesterday, and the quarterback's got to go over and tell him, like, this doesn't help us. These emotions have to be channeled in the right direction. And now you've got another thing that you've got to keep an eye on. The number of things that are actually locked in for this football team versus the number of things you have to be concerned about is troubling. Tevin Jenkins, everybody wanted him in the Pro Bowl a month ago. I can't stay on the football field. Chase Claypool, they traded a second-round draft pick for. He's not producing, and now he seems like he's a little bit upset about not producing. And, and even before the game, Lawrence, last week, he – he basically acknowledged in the locker room that he's aware of the outside criticism, which kind of 
bothers me a little bit. Like block it out, dude, like get, get to work and, and, and get yourself right and get yourself producing. And don't be worried about what's being said about you in the outside world. Just go do your job. And that's why I, I just, I, I don't know where the magic dust is going to come to accelerate this turnaround because they have so, so far to go. What did you make of the way that Justin approached the, the conversation about Claypool yesterday? Mature again, like uh, every single thing that Justin has done from an approach standpoint in this season has been rock solid a to a plus. And, and that's another instance of it again, of a guy who understands what his role on the football team is and it's to keep things steady and to have that, that perspective and that, that, that ability in the moment to, to handle it that way is it, it's a terrific sign. It's another show of the, 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 the leadership and intangibles that this kid brings to the table that gives him a chance along with the, the, the talent and athleticism and skill set that gives him a chance. Well, now you have to take that chance and actually capitalize on it. But in that particular instance, Lawrence, I don't know what, what you made of it, but I just thought that was a, a terrific show of a quarterback being like, hey, <laughs> turn the page and, and let's get this thing, you know, under wraps as quickly as we can, because we've got things to do on the football field. I thought the a ba- other bad look for Eberflus outside of his team not trying was – the way he handled the Dante Pettis concussion issue, it's like he didn't hear himself talk. Like he cleared, he was cleared of, he didn't have a concussion. Where is he? He's in the hospital due to blurred vision and all that after getting hit in the head. What are we doing here? I mean, that caught my ear in the moment that it happened. And it was just a little bit strange, obviously strange phraseology, but also strange on how you clear up concussion protocol with blurred vision if you have a head energy and you, and, and, you, and you have blurred vision i mean thank god dante pettis didn't return to the football field and he went and and, and sought further treatment whoever made the decision to get him there good job well, this but, is the, multiple times this year how many we, we talked about happened with jaquan brisker with kyler gordon and mm-hmm. it, how many times has fields been cleared and and put back in after another hit that happened again. He's in the blue tent. I'm at the point now with all the Tua stuff and everything else. If, yeah, you better be sensitive to it, if, for sure. If you have to be evaluated, if you go into the blue tent and you are evaluated for a potential concussion, you are out of the game. And if the next day you're fine, great. We erred on the side of caution. But if you are, the evaluation means immediate removal. That's where I am. Because I'm tired of this. I, I hear you. I guess it just depends on who t- who says you need to be evaluated in a given moment. Because you know sometimes a guy will will will, will land a little funny and they'll just want to get it checked out and it checks out clearly. I I listen. Like I, I'm with you in terms of the hypersensitivity that needs to be applied to this, and particularly what we're seeing with Tua, and particularly with what you know I've seen and been around in this league with with head injuries. You just you you just don't want this to become a, a regular thing. You know, Rich Campbell and I used to talk about how the more we learned about player health and safety and all the things that come along with being a player in this league, the harder it was to go into post-game locker rooms and yep. just see the the carnage, you know, it, it just is because these are our human beings who you get to know. Um, and, and, and you understand the pressures that they're under and the wiring that they have to, to put their, their bodies in situations that they probably shouldn't be putting them in at times. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good with the hypersensitivity to it. And, and let's hope Dante Pettis is okay. I'm hoping we get an, uh, an update on that when we talk to Matt Eberflus in, in, in an hour and a half or so. When it comes to the way that you're looking at Braxton Jones, are you looking at him? Are you grading him on a curve on where he was drafted? 
No, not anymore. I mean, he's your starting left tackle. You know, I mean, that, that you know, who cares where he was drafted and where he played college ball at this point? I think he's done a lot of nice things this year, but I've been consistent now for the last month and saying if you have an opportunity to upgrade at that position, it's a really important position to building a uh, football team that can can sustain success. You go and try to find an upgrade there. That you know, I was going back through the sacks because I wanted to get a better. A feel for what happened yesterday. There's two on the same drive that are purely on on Braxton Jones yesterday, a uh, 12 yarder and an eight yarder, and he just got beat by uh, players that that beat him. You know, he's he's susceptible to the bull rush. He got bull rushed on the second one and got knocked back into it. And by the way, he actually got bull rushed in a way where he fell back into Michael Schofield. Michael Schofield's knee buckled, and that was the end of Michael Schofield's day. So you see the ripple effect of some of these things when you can't hold up in those situations. The flip side of that, though, Lawrence, I'm, I'm through six of the seven sacks so far. Four of them aren't on the offensive line. Uh, the, the last one, the sixth one, I, I haven't gotten to the seventh one yet, is a, a loss of nine that Justin takes with the ball in his hands for eight seconds. James Houston ends up sacking him after dropping in coverage and then being like, oh, man, this dude's holding the ball forever. I'm just going to go shoot out of a cannon and go take him down. And he takes him down for a loss of nine when Justin had a, a clean pocket all day and didn't let it rip. The sack fumble is a play where they, they've got basically max protect on. They've got two receivers in pattern. Justin's got a chance to, to let one fly to Dante Pettis deep. And he, chose, and he pump chose, faked. She, right, just didn't, didn't pull it, didn't pull the trigger. And then he, get, he, 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 he gets out of the pocket. He's trying to scramble a little bit, and he's way too casual with the football, carrying it in one hand. And again, it's James Houston. Comes from back of the play. He gets off a block from Komet and Wesco and, and strips the ball out. And all of a sudden, you have a moment late in the first half of a game you're in that goes the wrong way because your, your quarterback made a mistake and, and, and it's okay to acknowledge these things and, and to point out that, that this, this offense, particularly the passing offense and this quarterback as the engine of the passing offense has a long, long way to go to be considered uh, an upper tier offense. Do you think that part of the issue, like why you saw some of the bad habits is because some of the things that went wrong around him or is it because he lost focus and concentration? Yeah, it's both. I mean, it's it's, it's both. It, it literally is what playing quarterback in this league is about. You have to have a mental fortitude to be able to withstand things. And Justin has that. We've seen it throughout the season. He's shown really, really promising flashes of things. But yesterday, some bad habits, you, you know, we're back in there. There's a, another play where, uh, you know, he, he feels pressure in the pocket and you just see the eyes drop and you see him basically tuck the ball as a runner without even thinking about, OK, I'm going to escape the pocket to the right and try to try to make a throw down field. I think he ended up picking up like three yards on a scramble on that play. Um, but it's like you, you, you got to get over those hurdles and there's a long way to go. And this is why they keep him in games like yesterday's, because a quarterback has to. Uh, understand how to grind when things aren't going well, has to understand how to try to get things back on track in terms of your own individual habits and, and, and trying to get the offense around you to play better, even on days where it's going south, because it's not all going to be pretty. Uh, and, and you've got to learn these experiences. These experiences are all valuable. And so really until the, the last drive, um, I was fine with them, them playing them all the way, you know, through deep into the fourth quarter. I, I don't want them to accident into a win this weekend. I also, <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't with the people who were like, just sit him down now because the offensive line sucks and get him out and save him for the whole year. I, what, whatever excuses you want to make, whatever reason you want to play Nathan Peterman, I, I think every way that this roster has been managed to this point with the 
the IR party with the airing on the side of caution, the fact that we've got street free agents among the street free agents, street free agents are on the active roster right now. I think this is Nathan Peterman time and the you don't come this far. You don't you don't have the bottoming out season without committing to the bottoming out at this point. And and you, I want your thoughts on that. And also, are you hearing anything that this game might be flexed to the afternoon? So I, we were talking about this morning. I don't know what all the logistics that the NFL is trying to apply to what games actually matter for what and how they're fiddling around with the schedule. So it's, it's hard to know right now when it's going to kick off. If you want Nathan Peterman to play, I'm wondering if you can get in touch with somebody in Nathan Peterman's hometown to take my seat in the press box for me <laughs> on, on, on Sunday so that I can just mail it in too. No, I we can, got a I guy named you. Artie that I'm, I'm oh, for yeah. sure. they love it. Artie from Elgin would be happy to take your seat. Trust me, I, I can save my energy for next season, too, if that's what we're going to do, if we're all just going to shut it down and, and just decide it doesn't mean anything anymore. Uh, I mean, look, I, I, we are where we are, and this is one of those those games where it's like, oh, man, did we really need to go to a 17-game season, right? For our sake, in Chicago right now, it feels like no. Obviously, there's a lot of games around the league that are that are really significant, and i got to be honest with you, I'm pretty excited about Packers-Lions, right? Me I mean, too. These, these, two, two, these two teams, what they've done – you know, since the start of November to now to, to, to set up this, this really, really theatric uh, clash on, on Sunday at Lambeau Field is pretty cool. And it'll be really uh, interesting to see how that one shakes out. I'm trying to catch Dan up because obviously he was Dan Mexico last week <laughs> doing his thing on a big fishing boat, enjoying ceviche, out there drinking margaritas and mezcal, like all this stuff. You cover- I'm going when, when, when Artie gets in the press box, I'm going to go do what Dan did. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. You covered Kevin Warren, right? Yeah, so he was in Minnesota for the two years that I was there, yeah. What do you think of him? Look, I think that the the, the scouting report on Kevin Warren, that that if, if he is a top candidate for this job, is that he is a guy that is not okay with okay. And he would shock the building in a heartbeat in terms of what he would want from every single department at Hallis Hall in relation to what makes a successful football organization run. That's on the business side. It's on the the football side. It's on every single element of what you do as a, you know, huge, huge corporate industry slash football organization in the national football league. And so I think there are things there that would be very, very good for the culture and the complacency acceptance that has existed throughout my entire time covering this football team uh, and probably much longer, as you guys could attest to, uh, that would be really, really good. And, and look, I think he also obviously understands what it takes to get a beautiful landmark stadium off the ground and, and, and into existence. Uh, that, that place in Minnesota is, is gorgeous. There's obviously different logistics and dynamics and other things that, that come into play there than would, would be in play here. Uh, but certainly that experience would, would be a major plus for a team that's trying to, to open up new revenue streams and then obviously a, a beautiful building where we can go watch sports, concerts, Final Four, Super Bowls, whatever else we want to see out there in Arlington Heights. I think once that name gets floated, you better close the deal on that name because anybody else after that's going to look worse unless it's somebody, some absolute rock star we're not even thinking about. Yeah. And then so you got to ask how much you're willing to pay, you know, and, and then, then that comes down. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's going to be part of it. But, but, I think fascinating that that name is out there now publicly because, as you just mentioned, it now gives you a cross-reference of people who were interested and who spoke with the organization and who got pretty deep in the process. And now if you introduce somebody else that's, that's kind of less impressive, it's going to be like, uh-oh, same old bears, right? Which is kind of how I feel all the time. <laughs> as someone who's covered the NFL for a long time, do you buy into 
the concept of the quarterback gathering the pass catchers in the offseason and the value that adds to what the team does in the next season? Uh, hard, hard to answer that. I, what, what I would say is, yes, there's value in that. I, I just wouldn't exaggerate the value in that. And I think some of my, my push the entire season here is like, let's just stop exaggerating everything. If we can say, yes, that has value, but it's not, not going to be the one thing that turns the Bears from a 14-loss team into a, a championship contender overnight. But it is something that allows a quarterback to create chemistry with the people he throws to that cre- allows him to create relationships that allow for, for honest conversations to happen when honest conversations need to get really real for a football team. And so th- there, there is value in that. It's just not going to be something that's like some, some, you know, magic springboard to, to things that, that this organization and this fan base want to experience. They've got a lot of things to get shored up in that regard, but yeah, I would, I would like to see Justin get together with Mooney and Claypool and whoever else uh, they they pick up in free agency in the draft and 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 sling it around a little bit. That can't hurt, could help, right? That's kind of where um, I fall for on sure. it. That's, for sure, for sure. That's where I am. I, I I know it's more sort of people wanting to project their little sports fantasies on stuff when this is their job and they've got all their coaches and everything and they and guys have families of their own. But can't hurt, could help. If if they if they think it would help them, I would want them to do it. No doubt. No doubt. But like this, you know, all of this conversation comes back to just how many holes there are on this roster. Yep. Yeah, you know, and like and, and 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 you know, the exercise to do is to just go down the names that they have active IR, wherever else practice squad and say, who would you want here in 2024? <laughs> you know, like that, that's that's how you get a, a barometer on just how far away you are when you go, huh. <laughs> I don't know if I can get past eight names, you know, of people you yeah. would currently have yeah, on, I, the, on the roster. I, I think if, if- if you spread it to everyone to whom they have rights and, and negotiating windows and all that, I think I got to 10 very liberally. <laughs> so really, yeah, yeah. you said eight and eight, eight's probably we about should, right. We should do that exercise on the air. Let's save it for sometime this week, man. Yeah. Cause that's that. I think that's about right. That's the, that's about where I'm at too. Like that number is about where I'm at. So that's, wild uh dan en- enjoy week 18 yeah yeah you can you can feel my enthusiasm for it send me those lists when you make them and uh and i'll, I'll pour over them a little bit but yeah you guys enjoy week t- 18 as well and uh, i hope 2023 gets off to a rousing start this week with a loss that's <laughs> that, that, that's all the rouse that i need dan weederer thank you that is dan weederer and he joins us on our horizon therapeutics bears mondays So coming up next, let's have the conversation about Chase Claypool. And we can add some stuff to it. I talked with some guys. I know some guys. I did too. And and I also, I think we should highlight what the Claypool situation did positively on the Justin Fields scouting. He's come a long way this year already. A long way from the kid that we heard during training camp to the young man that we're hearing now. So let's do that next. Spernstein and Holmes on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. 
you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Trips right for Justin Fields. On second down and 19. Takes the snap. Clean pocket. Going to wind up and throw the middle incomplete. Going for Claypool. Couldn't get it at the 35-yard line. Chase Claypool here today, but that is his first target of the day, and the two-minute warning has arrived. And his only target of the day. I want you to understand the level (laughs) of production. The highlight of a target. Yes, the level of production that the the our staff got so that we could jump off this discussion. They went through the box score, through the play-by-play to find an incomplete pass that was towards Chase Claypool and then went through the audio of the game to get Jeff Joniak calling an incomplete pass because that's the only highlight that you have of Chase Claypool. That's amazing. Dan, what if they got this wrong? I Look, I struggle with this. I really do. And I know that there are some people that we probably give too much credit to for being gurus or geniuses around the NFL. But when I look at the career of Mike Tomlin, and I I see that every year, even when he doesn't have a lot, he's able to do more with less. This year, Kenny Pickett can't play. Look, the guy can't. He's not good. They know it. Right? Like, And yet, here they are. Still with an opportunity to finish above 500 yet again and and maybe make the playoffs. Still having an outside chance of making the playoffs. Whenever I listen to Mike Tomlin, he's number one on the list of coaches that I would want to play for. And I, I when this happened, when the Bears made the move for Chase Claypool, when we found out that he was available, the first thing that I kept asking myself was, why doesn't Tomlin want him? And the reason that I was asking myself that question was because the Steelers and the Bears are in similar situations where you are trying to bring along a, a young quarterback. I'm sure they were thinking that maybe Mitch Trubisky would be able to play a little bit better than he has. But you're trying to bring along a young quarterback. Therefore, you want him to have as many weapons as possible on the outside. And they looked at themselves and said, we could actually, we're not going to pay this guy. And we think that we might be able to be better without him. We got this other guy that's really taking a step forward in his play. We don't need him. Since the trade, the Steelers are six and two. And I remember at the time, all of us being like, which one of the second round picks that the Bears give away? 
Oh, the good one. The one that's really essentially a first-round pick. They, yeah, they, they might have panicked. Mm-hmm. They, they, they absolutely might have panicked. But so someone whose football thoughts I, I respect is concerned that Claypool in total is a pretty bright and aware guy who is trying to act the part of NFL wide receiver more than just being one. That he's more a construct. He's He's got the look. He's got the traits. He's got the measurables. He has the, the social media, at, at least the, the, the forward-facing professionalism. Like he gets it. It seems to, but may not have a high level of baseline functional football instinct and may just not be it as much as he looks like it. I mean, the fact that this isn't working so far, I, I do think that that is something that you look at Ryan Poles and say, yo, man, this was a misevaluation by you. You add that to the misevaluation on Valus Jones, and you go, hmm, are, are you able, are you sure that you know what you're looking at? Because we, as much as we understand the role that Poles and Eberflus are in, we have to be, we have to be discerning when it comes to the moves that were made and what they gave up. And I really hope to God that this wasn't one of those things where, well, we can't let the Packers get them. So we have to up our offer. We have to, to instead of it being the Roquan pick, we'll, we'll give up this bad one. Like, I really hope that this wasn't a first-year GM getting fleeced and not looking at the mosaic. And, and not doing the, just the mental dig of, hey, I mean, it's, it's a silly thing, but hey, why doesn't Mike Tomlin want this guy? It's like what Steve Stone used to say about making a trade with the Cardinals or the Braves. Right. Like where you have to, there are certain coaches where you have to go, wait, that person's ability to scout and coach is probably better than the person that I'm working with. Why Why doesn't this person like that player? Amid all of it, and however we want to interpret it, and someone could say, hey, I'm glad Chase Claypool's mad that he's not being targeted more because he wants in on the action. Maybe so, so you'll get targeted more if you're open more. You'll get targeted more if you run the right routes. And there's always an in-between. There's always some, some truth amid all of it. But I think what my biggest takeaway from it is how well, how maturely Justin Fields addressed it, and handled it. He sounded like an NFL quarterback very secure in his status and very secure in his role. He was frustrated. You know, he's a, he's a passionate player. He's, he's passionate about the game. I, I think, you know, his emotions, you know, he, he was just showing his emotion, which is, which is cool. To, it's, it's, it's great to have emotion in the game, but you just have to know, you know, how to control it. Can't let it come out like that because at the end of the day, that's, that's not helping anybody. That's not helping the team. Everybody's frustrated. You know, we're getting blown out. Like, just, just, just call it what it is. We're, we got punched in the mouth. Everybody, you know, everybody feels that way. But, you know, we talked to him. I talked to him like, you know, that's not going to do anything. That's, that's not helping anybody. That's just, you know, spreading everybody apart. You know, we need to be here for each other, stick with each other, and, you know, fight. You know, not many teams in this league are, you know, going to fight the way we did. You know, I just, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting really passionate, but it's just like every drive, we were getting blown out. And I'm like, Yo, like, I don't care what the scoreboard is. We're going to go out there. We're going to play our hardest. And, you know, they, they know that I'm doing that. So, I mean, of course, going back on Chase, you know, he's passionate. 
but just just has to learn how to you know control those emotions and keep them inside and just know what's gonna you know be best for the team. He was like, yeah, my fault. You know, I'm just I'm just frustrated right now. So he responded well, and I think he you know learned from that moment and you know just 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 gonna grow grow from. It, it's kind of awesome when you see someone with like natural leadership ability. I think he learned from that moment. That was almost parental. Like, guy's twenty three, man. Like his, his his natural leadership ability is very cool, and we've seen it multiple times throughout this year. It's it's really awesome and incredible. Uh, Dan, while you were gone, um, I I got back on my TV show, the football after show. Yes, yes, yes. I know you're so excited about that. I, I I did yesterday's show. I'll do next week's show depending on. What time the Bears game is, whether it's a noon game I'm, or a 325. I'm hearing whispers that it might be flexed depending I, on what happens y- in the intervening time. Right, because Minnesota's seating could bear on it differently. And so the, the NFL's trying to do all the math so that everything leads to the Sunday night game being win and you're in type deal. Mm-hmm. So I we'll see, but I was on the show with the boys yesterday. Dave wants that Alex Brown, Lance Briggs, and the topic of Chase Claypool came up. I don't think he's been given a big opportunity, a big like where Agreed. is the opportunity? I mean, he, he come in, he might get three targets. Like when he go, like that's not that's not an opportunity to me. You look at you look at look across the way at what Detroit is doing, and it'll thirteen targets in a game. This is opportunity. We're mm-hmm. not giving him that opportunity. Now, he has to take advantage of the opportunity. Right. Well, he's just too yep. big, too fast, too strong to not take advantage of one-on-one coverages because when we're running the football for 200 yards, they're going to be one-on-one opportunities. Right. Correct. And Justin has to put the ball up so he can go make a play. Yeah, I don't know where he was today. I don't know if he even played, you know. It felt like he, he, he didn't. Right. Yeah, I mean, it felt like he was inactive. You know, why was he hurt? Why was he hurt, you know? I'm, I gotta see it. I mean, not that I'm partial to Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, but I gotta, no, I are. gotta see this guy show up and play at a high level mm-hmm. uh, before I'm totally sold on him. He should be, he should be a red zone steal for us. You know, I mean, you look at how Plaxico Burris was used mm-hmm. in, in Pittsburgh, and whenever they got in the red zone, you know it's going up. Mm-hmm. You know, and and shoot, eighty percent of the time Plaxico's coming up with the catch. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you you would you would think that. Anytime that we get close in that red zone, yep. you know, there's got to be at least one throw to him, throw a 50-50 ball, like they call it, there it is. into the end zone. Yep. So that was the boys on the football after show on NBC Sports Chicago. There's a lot to unpack, man. Like, the, the, getting this wrong would be, oof. Like, that's an oof. Because... You might have gotten the Larry Joby thing wrong, too. And might have gotten saved from that. Or the doctors came up with the out for you on that one. Yet that's another one where Mike Tomlin's like, well, I think that we can make it work. Just saying, put everything, put all of it onto a ledger when you're starting to talk about Ryan Poles. And here also, we know for sure what a major storyline is for next year already. Independent of everything else. Draft position, trades, etc. It's going to be 
the ongoing reclamation of Chase Claypool because that's what it is right now. There's no doubt about it. Like that's why, like I would understand if they said, "Look, Justin, this is what we're doing. Our first two drives, we're targeting him every play. It's Smoke out, stop and go. Yep, double move. We're gonna and look. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go out there. We're gonna get you guys in a rhythm, and we're getting you the hell out of there." But he is your primary, and in some cases, only. I don't care if you get it picked. Right. We want to make a play on the ball. Like, if you're going to play him, those are the types of things that I would like to see and like to see them do. Because um, I, I, I'd i like for Chase Claypool to be good. And I don't know what's holding him back from being good. When we come back, let's uh, spend a couple of minutes with the Bulls. Because since I last left you, they've played a bunch of games. We've had a lot more data points on a team that has had a, a on balance a more positive stretch, but still not in a way that leads you to believe it's headed anywhere. And yeah, can I tell you another thing that we're going to do in this segment? Something that's completely useless for me when it comes to the Bulls. All right, all right, completely useless. That's next. Bernstein and Holmes on the score. Just to the left of the Cleveland bench, Caruso, 5.8 left, 103, 102, Cleveland. And played to DeRozan, throws it against LeVert, turns, baseline right, off-balance jumper, rimmed out, rebound loose, ball game over, and the Bulls lose 103-102, Cleveland. It's a good look. You heard Chuck Swirsky and Bill Wennington on the call here on The Score, your home for Bulls basketball. There was... As we're following these Bulls games from afar and watching the recaps and the compressed versions of these games, we saw a team back to its bad habits in the loss to Houston. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about your trip in the context of the podcast. Right. Right. We're recording tomorrow. Huh. So we had a lot to digest to figure out you know, what they're doing and, and making sure we're, that the Organizations Win Championships podcast isn't to have had too many spicy margaritas to, to process what's going on with Bulls basketball. It's a little better, but it isn't it's, – it's not, it's not better enough to make you have newfound faith in, in a restored direction toward anything. Like they can they can compete with their small margin of error when they do a lot of things right, and then sometimes one little thing can undo them against all the good teams that are out there. I, I still think that there's something to the idea of what is your team doing in that when it comes to getting ready for Milwaukee, they're ready for Milwaukee. They match up well. Milwaukee is a is just a good matchup for them because they other than they've got Giannis. But unlike these other teams, they don't have a whole roster of these six, eight hard work, you know, jump over you. It's not like young and hungry Toronto. Like they, they're they're for whatever. They're a really good team, and Milwaukee could win the NBA championship this year. They are of all the good teams, they're the best matchup for the Bulls because of what they don't have. It just really bothers me that then when you look at their their record, was it the record against teams at or above five hundred is like five hundred. And then their their record against teams that are below 500 is below 500. And it doesn't make a lot of sense when you have teams like Orlando like coming in and doing work or the loss against Houston, which was just like, ugh. Like watching Houston get up and, and, and down the floor. They slapped you around, too. 
Oh. And, and, and that was another game where you start slow again. You got to expend a ton of energy to get it close again. They let the Pistons hang around too long and trying to futz around with matchups in that game and who's where, what can we get out of this guy against this guy? Like the Pistons are tanking this year. I loved the way that Houston, I don't, I know they're not good, but their game plan for the Bulls was excellent. And they were like, Hey, let's shoot threes and attack the rim. Like we're going to attack it. Well, that's the thing. The Bulls still don't, even when they win, they're not making threes. They're just not, they don't make enough threes to matter. It's really like, ugh. can I tell you something that I have no use for Dan? Sure. I got no use for the two-minute report. I get it, though. The transparency is nice. I, all it does is make me mad. Like, I got the, you got the bad call? Great. Great. What is the responsibility? What, what, is, what are the consequences of your bad call? And telling me that you got the call wrong doesn't retroactively give my team two free throws that would have maybe won the game. I, I'm just sitting there, like, whenever I see it come out, and like, well, the, the league said today that Karis LeVert did foul DeMar DeRozan on the last shot of the game. What does that give me? DeMar didn't react that way. That was the shocking part. Because we know that, that Zach and DeMar are a couple of guys that enjoy flopping to get calls. And DeMar has made a... A, a renaissance in his career of being the guy that hits the deck. It's one of the things that it, it's one of the things that you and I both are like, Hey man, if you're on the ground too often, the other team is going to start going the other way on you while you're picking yourself up off the floor. And both he and Zach have also taken advantage of the rule of being allowed to have a landing space. Once they codified that, it made their jobs a little bit easier, and it, it, it allowed a referee to see things their way a little bit more because of how they elevate and how close they can be to someone when they do so. So I, I was a little surprised to see DeMar not, especially in that moment, not do the thing. Like, do the thing. You do the thing all the time. Politic. Yeah, this is, this is one of the things that you do really well. So do the thing. So that you could get the call. Just upset me. I think the gamblers probably really like it because it allows them to either identify less competent crews to create more variance or just a lot. The data pointing of it, and I'm sure it goes into handing out postseason opportunities and how they decide who's going to play where or who's going to officiate which game and when. But it, from, a, from a better's perspective, it can't hurt to know. It, it sucks, though. It just, it's very unsatisfying, but it, I don't think there's a downside to it. The, the Bulls have that game in Paris coming up. Mm-hmm. I, think we, I think our show ends early that day. Cool. I think. All right. It's crazy. So, all right, here's the schedule for your Chicago Bulls. Looking at them over the next few games. Okay. They get Brooklyn on the fourth. Well, Cleveland, Cleveland again. Tonight. Tonight, then Brooklyn, Philly, Utah, Boston, Washington, OKC. This could be a could be a, a rough stretch for them. Yes, having Caruso back is a huge deal. 
be a real rough stretch. Who's your MVP right now? Of the league? Yeah. I'm rolling with Luka. Luka. But if you told me it was Joker. Second. I, it, yeah. I can't. He's I, amazing. I, he really He's is. He's amazing to watch. Amazing. But but there's nothing. What did Pop say about Luka the other night? What did he call him? Just like a beautiful basketball player he, or a. LeBron was talking about that too. He was saying how. Watching videos of Luca and how he's always like in control of his body. It's like Bird. I don't think he's like Bird. I because I I think he's got he's like Bird in the way that he can make shots. He's like Bird in the way that he's a step ahead. He's like Bird in the way that he feels the entire game all the time. His ability to because he's got that big frame too. And you don't realize that he's playing at the speed that he wants to play at. And whatever speed he wants to play, he can do it. He can be lightning fast down the floor. But when you're talking about 6'8 with, with handles, like crazy handles, and his ability to just lean into you and get you off balance, he's a joy, like an absolute joy. Like I watch him and I go, oh, my God, like what a basketball player what this I, kid is i've said it the first time since the first time i saw him in the nba what i love about him is his desire to be guarded in that he's he's looking at the whole floor and if you're on him if he knows who's guarding him he's already in charge of you he'll get you on the hip that he wants and once he's got one part located He'll, he'll make sure to manipulate all the other parts. But once he knows where one of the five is, now he's only got four to deal with because he's not even really concerned about the guy that's guarding him. It just Once he's got you in that pocket, it's like, oh, okay, you're going to be here? Great. I don't, have to, I, I don't have to think about where you are now. And he's already – he'll manipulate you easily. It's almost more you want to like – it's like a quarterback being able to see where the where the, the the blitz is coming from, where you don't want to show it to him. It's almost like you want to disguise more things against him to make him wait to know who's guarding him. Yeah, his his instincts and IQ. And I want to give him credit, too, for the athleticism. And I know that his body doesn't look particularly athletic. No, he's a little fat. But, that, but I actually think that that's okay. I think that because of the way that he plays and how physical, like he's, I think that he's one of those guys that needs a couple, needs 15 extra pounds. And he'll run it off. Like when we see Luca in February, he'll be fine. And maybe late in his career, if his, when his knees are, don't have the same cartilage or springiness, then maybe he'll decide, I'm going to, I'm going to change my body, get a little more, my game's going to be different now. Yeah. Maybe he'll he'll switch it up, but for now, man. Whenever whenever there's a highlight, whenever I can watch him, you, you're you're talking about a virtuoso, like a guy who really gets it. Perhaps the biggest story since I've been gone is the Bears' apparent pursuit of Kevin Warren to be their president and CEO. We need to talk more about that because that is not a small thing. That is a huge, huge thing that that got leaked, and that it appears to be true. And no one's pushed back on the fact that he is, call it whatever you want, shortlist, finalist, deep in talks, that there that that appears to be the case. And that means something. We'll get into it next on The Score. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.